So welcome back to the podcast, Renting an Apartment in New York City. My name is Rodolfo Delgado, and I'm here today with a very special guest of ours. <laughs> Her name is Natalie Bloom. I wanted to have Natalie here with us today because I recognize that a lot of clients that are coming either from abroad or from within the United States might be wondering, should I rent or should I buy instead? Because of Natalie's expertise in real estate, I think she brings a very unique point of view, which is why we love having her here today. Natalie, thank you for being with us today. Thank you so much. This is awesome. So Natalie, please tell us a little bit more about yourself and about how you came to become a real estate agent. Awesome. So I started in real estate when I was 18. Uh-huh. Wow. I know. <laughs> so That's don't ask amazing. me how old I am. <laughs> That's awesome. Well, you look very young. Yeah, uh, thank you. Thank you. <laughs> so I started real estate just by happenstance. My godmother was the chief land acquisition broker for all of the farmlands south of Indianapolis. So I was born and bred in Indiana. Shout out to wow. our Midwest is best states. <laughs> and I, I did coffee for her and, you know, ran files and different things like that. But what I saw was this beautiful, smart, brilliant woman who was negotiating multi-million dollar deals between farmers and business suits. And wow. I would sit in on those meetings and I got to learn that. So it wasn't just coffee after a certain point. I became invested in it and I loved it. That's I thought amazing. It was, yeah. And she was to this day still an inspiration for me. She's lovely. So I did that. And then I bought my own uh, multifamily unit in Indiana. So so I have a unique perspective as a landlord, wow. what, it, what it means to be on the other side of someone who's renting and being in that seat is very interesting. I used those assets to help offset a full performance career that I had. I danced professionally, sang and acted for nine years. Wow. Yeah. That's and amazing. it was, it was an incredible, I like to say that I, you know, it was a unicorn, you know, I was, I was very, very grateful for that, but I believe that. Yeah. 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 <laughs> for sure. But I was always in real estate at the same time. So now I'm fully focused on real estate. As um, you should. Uh, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. As and I'm, I'm lucky that I got to have both and I have that unique perspective of being able to have a landlord experience and also work with clients who are buying, who are selling, who are renting and being able to give the full consultation as it were for real estate, especially yeah. in New York City. So. I love that. I, like, I love that you said that. By the way, to clarify when I said before that as you should, what I mean is, because I, <laughs> I very often tell our listeners or even our readers and in the articles that I'm writing that to be a successful real estate agent, you need to do it full time. Yes. You need to do it completely agree. This is, this is not a career for somebody who's looking to do something completely after, agree. Right, part time. Yes. Job. Correct. Correct. So that's what I meant as yes. you should, right? Yeah. Rudolfo is right on the money on that one, everyone. It is a full-time career. It is a full-time investment. And you have, you're, you're on the clock. You know, you have to be very aware of setting boundaries of when you're not going to answer the phone. Mm. But if you have a client that is in need of something, you know, and it's Saturday morning, you need to address that. You know, that is your, that is mm. your business. Something that I really like about you, Natalie, is that you are mm. multi-dimensional. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. I believe that all successful real estate agents out there have to be doing sales and rentals, right? You have to be able to manage both. You're not working only sales or only rentals. You're yeah. working with clients. Yes, right? correct. Very... You could not have said it better than that. Well, those are your words. <laughs> yeah, those are your words. Oh. And, I, and I love that you said that before. I, I noted that you mentioned that on our yeah. conversation. Yeah. I love that. Mm. It's a much more holistic approach yeah. to doing real estate. So Natalie, diving into the conversation regarding when should we buy an apartment rather than rent an apartment? So first things first, let me start out by asking you a very simple question. 
As a renter, is there any moment or circumstance in which I should stop and ask myself, should I buy instead of continuing to rent? Absolutely. It's such a great question. And it's a question I get asked all the time. I'm going to give some really quick and dirty numbers for your listeners to be able just to kind of assess where they're at financially, because mm -hmm. at the end of the day, it is going to come down to quality of life and where their finances are. If you are in New York City and you're wanting to rent for around 3K per month, I would highly suggest crunching some numbers and looking at buying. Because if you're renting for 3K, you can also buy for that same amount. Mm. That's That would be your monthly mortgage and maintenance or common charges and taxes. So I just I just said a lot of uh, lingo right there. No, that's right really there. interesting. Yeah. So 3K, by the way, $3,000 a month. Correct. So if you're paying $3,000 a month for rent in New York City, let's assume that what, what that can get you is going to be either a studio or a one bedroom. Correct. Depending mm. on location, of course, as we all know. Of course, yeah. <laughs> but on an average, let's yeah. say, Absolutely. Standard, it would be either a studio or one bedroom. You might be lucky and get a two bedroom for that price or maybe yeah. a flex too. But then at that point is yeah. when you start thinking, should yes. I buy instead? Correct. Is there any timeline in which you say, you know what, if I'm going to stay in New York for over X amount of years, should I buy instead? Sure. So buying an apartment is going to be one of your biggest investments you're ever going to make outside of choosing to find a partner or going to college. These are going to be the biggest life choices that you make. True. So if you're going to do that, the average lifespan of someone owning in New York City is going to be around seven years. So right now we're sitting in a buyer's market. Mm -hmm. So this is a great time to buy. However, you know, if you were trying to sell at this time, that would be a difficult time. It is not a seller's market by any stretch of the imagination. Okay. So giving yourself enough leverage to be able to sell when it's most lucrative to you. That's what I would say to your timeline. Of course, life changes. You know, you could find a job in California, you know, or you could, you know, want to go out of New York City. I, I wouldn't because I love the city. I'm absolutely, <laughs> I'm absolutely, here, right? I know, I love, I'm, I'm absolutely in love with Manhattan. I think it's fantastic. But the average lifetime of owning an apartment in New York City is going to be about seven years before wow. someone either upgrades, change of job, change of lifestyle, mm -hmm. what have you. So that should be able to give you some longevity. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. What is one of the most common concerns that clients approach you with regarding buying a place? Absolutely. The most common concern is the down payment. It is 100%. That okay. is it's a game changer. So buying a New York City standard, and again, these are going to be just very average standard. Numbers, um, yeah. yeah. Hypothetical. Exactly. Totally hypothetical. When you're buying in New York City, you have to put at least 20% down to, of your purchase price. So if you're buying, you know, something that's, you know, again, $500,000, you know, a, a nice entry level studio, one bed, you know, depending on your location, you're going to have to be able to put down that chunk of change. In addition, you're going to have to have two years of mortgage and maintenance in liquid cash assets. So you're going to need to have your down payment and then two years of your mortgage and two years of your maintenance ready to go in liquid cash assets. And that's usually where that gatekeeper is for people who are buying in New York City. So that's that's where that conversation is. Sometimes people can have a gift from their parents. They can have a co-purchase with their parents or, you know, aunt and uncle, whatever, whatever that situation might be. But there are ways for you to be able to do that. That's very helpful, mm -hmm. I think, yeah. very insightful as Absolutely. well. Absolutely. You know what's funny as well is when you mentioned the price point, mm -hmm. $500,000. Yeah. You said, you know, an entry level studio for yep. a lot of people listening to this, yeah. you know, in other cities, they're going to be thinking, oh my God. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. Like that what? Is the entry level. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, there are studios definitely, you know, 
again, I'm speaking specifically of Manhattan, mm-hmm. not of the other four boroughs. Absolutely. So specifically with Manhattan, you know, studios do run, you know, 400,000, 350,000, but your price per square foot PPSF is going to be much different than, you know, yeah. if you're, even if you're living in Jersey, you know, just our neighbors across the water. Absolutely. That's not like, <laughs> you know, you can, what you can buy for $400,000 in Jersey versus Manhattan is vastly different. We are on an island. It's finite. We have finite space here. So that's the cost, but it's also one of the best returns on investment. I get very excited about it. That's good. I can tell. tell. I love it. The greatest thing about New York City is that it's unlike any other city in the entire world. The real estate here is one of the best investments you can make. And so for that reason, yes, it is a very high bar that one must jump to be able to gain entry into real estate here in Manhattan. But the payoff is fantastic. So that's why I highly recommend it. And I do get very excited if my clients are capable of doing that and it fits with their lifestyle. I love that. I love that. And by the way, to our listeners, Natalie's information (laughs) is going to be available on the description of the podcast, wherever you're listening to this, either on Spotify, Apple Music, Google Podcasts, wherever it is, you can find Natalie Bloom's information there and you can contact her directly. It's also worth mentioning that Replay Listings is the sponsor of this podcast. Shout out. Holla. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you, Replay Listings, for making this happen. And Natalie, moving forward, as a non-American citizen, yes, what would be your recommendation to prepare ourselves before buying something in the U.S.? Great question. So uh, I think just to your last question you, or point you made that the prices in New York City are going to be vastly different than anywhere else in the, mm. in the world. So being able to adjust to that. Mm. And secondly, my best recommendation if you are a non-US citizen is to buy a condo. That is buying a condo rather than buying in a co-op, right? Yes. When you're buying in a co-op, you're buying into a private business, a private organization. You're not actually buying real property. You're not- Tangible Exactly. Property. It's not tangible property. And this is something that as a real estate agent, I have to educate my clients on, especially my non-US citizens. You know, you're not buying the door. You're not buying this. You're buying into a business. Mm-hmm. Co-ops can refuse you for no reason because it's a private organization, bottom line, bar none. And they don't have to tell you why. So the difference is, is that at your closing for a co-op, you get shares of a business as exactly. opposed to you're getting real property from a condo. It's a, it's a very, Got it. <laughs> it's a very different experience. And it is, it is kind of, you know, you have to learn through those things. And what does that mean as far as a consumer who's purchasing? It's also when you're buying into these things, it's a business transaction for the management and for the business, it feels incredibly personal because it's your home. You know, a home is something very personal and very emotional, but on the other end of it, it's something that's a business for someone else. An LLC, a limited liability corporation, owns that apartment that you are buying shares of. That's on a co-op. That's on a co-op, correct. Mm -hmm. Okay, I I think that's very insightful. And um, for all the internationals out there that are (laughs) interested in buying something, know that maybe a condo would be the way to go. Correct, I would highly recommend. Five out of five stars. (laughs) Okay, awesome, good to know. Natalie, do you have any stories that you would like to share us with us today regarding how a renter ended up becoming a buyer? Absolutely, I had an excellent, I've had a couple of different situations, but. One client who I worked with, great, great man. Um, He was a hedge fund investor and we were looking at apartments. His budget was between five and eight K, give or take. And I finally just said to him, you know, Joe, if you will, I was like, Joe, you know, 
I, these are all great apartments and he just wasn't finding exactly what he wanted. I was like, with the budget that you have and, you know, I, we'd been out several times, so we'd had a relationship and mm. I was like, let's, let's just hear let's just go look at this one. And I kind of, and he was like, this is great. And I was like, yeah, I know exactly what he wanted. And it was within his price point to purchase. Mm. And so with that happening, I opened his eyes to, there's a lot more possibilities. So if he's spending 5K to 8K per month, you know, you want to offset the mortgage and maintenance um, that was going to be able to work for him. And it was between one, three to about two million. So just to get this clear, mm -hmm. somebody who's looking to rent an apartment between mm -hmm. 5K and 8K mm -hmm. would usually be able to afford to purchase a place between 1.3 and 1.8. Yeah, 1.8, depending eight. on their down payment. Again, these are all hypothetical numbers. Yeah, absolutely. If you're purchasing something below $500,000, Again, hypothetical numbers, our APR just dropped. Your mortgage should be around sixteen to eighteen hundred. You also have to factor in you have maintenance that you also have to pay. And that's mm -hmm. some uh for our non-Manhattanites, um, people call that HOA, homeowners association. So those are what you would consider homeowners association fee. That's what we call in New York City maintenance. Okay. So so about and that would run in a you know, a five hundred thousand dollar unit. Anywhere between eight hundred to twelve hundred for your maintenance, so you're you're paying around three k. So anyone who's paying around three k should really take a look at, you know, is it possible for you to buy? And and the numbers when you crunch the numbers, this is where I get excited again. When you crunch the numbers and you look at it, you can amortize. So if you look at it over several years, seven years, right? You're saving over three hundred thousand dollars by buying as opposed to renting. So if you really, if you look at all of the inflation numbers and there's a program that I use that I give to all of my clients, if they're looking at this and we look at all of the numbers, okay, here's your down payment. Here's what you're looking for over a seven year lifespan, which is the average lifespan of owning in New York city, you're going to save anywhere between, you know, $200,000 or, you know, up to $500,000. I love that. And that's, a, and that, I mean, that's real money in your pocket. This so question, Natalie, if mm -hmm. I contact you, uh -huh. if a person that's listening to this yeah. contact you, would you be able to show them a comparative? Absolutely. Between if I, a scenario in yep. which I rent versus a scenario yes. in which I buy. Correct. In a, in a time period of, let's say seven years. Exactly. Which is the average. Absolutely. I could do that within, you know, it's a 30 second. You just put those numbers in and call it a day. And that's real, that's real money in your pocket when you look at it that way. Absolutely. And that's, I mean, that's, that's great. And if I can help someone do that, awesome. Let's do it. Let's, Absolutely. let's go when you want to go, let's go. <laughs> so I get very excited about it because it is such a big investment and I never, I never want to lose sight of that. You know, I know what it's like to purchase. I know what that's like and I know what that feels like. And I never want to lose sight of that that emo there is an emotional quality to it but it's also highly emotional absolutely. oh uh, I, think yeah. <laughs> I, I think that most people that buy uh, yeah. their first place at least yeah not for investing but, but like for for a primary residence yeah their selection is going to be highly driven by their emotions right? absolutely absolutely and that's one of the co first conversations i have with a client first conversations is this is going to be an emotional purchase it's going to feel personal 
when you get a lot of, you know, a lot of questions back or when, you know, we're negotiating, I love negotiating, you know, and we're, you know, at a, you know, $10,000. I can tell you're good I, at it I, as Yeah, well. I put my shark teeth in. <laughs> yeah. It's, well, and it's also, they, it feels personal. It's not, it's business. And being able to just manage that expectation, this is a business transaction. It feels personal because it's a home. And a home is so personal for people as it should be. You know, it's where you lay your head. It's where you have friends over family. Yeah, you cook your meals. That's why clients should trust you, the real estate agent. Absolutely. In the sense of being able to take up that emotion out yeah. of you and, and work really as a, yeah. as a, treat it as a business transaction yeah. to their benefit. Ex to their right? benefit. Could not have said it better. Absolutely. To their benefit, of yeah. course. Because you're fighting for them in yes. terms of getting them the best price and yes. the best apartment. And I don't want to leave a dollar on the table for them. Let's go. Yeah, that's good. <laughs> yeah. And something that I've noticed as well in my years of being a real estate agent was that oftentimes rental clients end up turning into buyers. Yes, correct. Right? Oftentimes you rent an apartment to a client and two uh. years later, they'll call you back and they'll say, you know what? I'm ready to buy. Those are the best calls. Those are the best calls. Absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> the, the, those are those are the best calls because you've established, I love my relationship with my clients. You know, I'm not transactional where it's been bada boom, bada boom, see you later, yeah. you know? What's going on? How's the apartment? Oh my gosh, you put up new curtains or, you know, whatever it is, this is your home. And then, you know, two years time, it's like, Hey, I just got promoted. I'm thinking about buying. Awesome. Let's take a look. You know, what are you looking for? All right. The place that you're in right now, how do you like it? You have a doorman. I, I think I want to walk up. Great. Let's go ahead and look at some brownstones. What are you thinking? Harlem? We're thinking, you know, Lower East Side. Where, where are you thinking for this? You I know, let's have a conversation. You know, how has their life changed? It's a relationship. It's yeah. not... It's not transactional. Now, I, I love what you said. It's not transactional. I no, agree. no. Um, Natalie, I want to shift gears a little bit on you <laughs> and say you're a real estate agent and yes. you, you were, as I was as well at one point, a new real estate agent who yes. is new to sales, yes. right? Yes. So for any real estate agent, especially the newer ones, yeah. if there's any kind of recommendation or tip that you could give them, if they're just jumping into sales, mm -hmm. what would that be? Oh goodness. <laughs> I would say, I would say, find yourself a mentor, find yourself a mentor and never let him or her go. Find someone who can coach you, who will give you a space to ask the questions that you feel perhaps shy or embarrassed to ask someone else. Find a mentor and stay open to the fact that you don't know everything. Stay open to that and just keep going, you know, just keep asking questions and keep, you know, stay curious, stay curious about something that is brand new to you. And that is my best advice. I With could not agree more. <laughs> I could not agree more. Uh, when I, when I initially came to the city and I started working as a real estate agent, mm -hmm. I was very fortunate to have a mentor. Mm. Um, and she was, she, she is extremely smart. She yeah. knows the market really well. And because of the fact that I'm an immigrant, I'm from Mexico, right? I kind of wore that hat yeah. proudly yeah. and said, listen, I know nothing, so uh -huh. I'm going to ask every question, <laughs> right? I approached almost my career as, as a kid yeah. that's trying to mm -hmm. learn, right? Yeah. I didn't shy away from, from making questions. And I feel that that was something that really helped me yeah. and propelled my careers or boosted mm -hmm. the speed in which I was learning. Yeah. With my mentor, her name is Lorette, Lorette Bygon. Uh, I learned in a year what the average real estate agent would learn in seven. Yeah. And that's because number one, I had a good mentor who was yeah. willing to sit down with Correct. me 
and teach me everything. Yeah. And number two is I was willing to make the questions. Yes, absolutely. So to new agents out there listening to this <laughs> or to every yeah, agent yeah, that can benefit yes. from that, find yourself a mentor and make sure that you have a manager that's approachable as well, mm-hmm. right? Managers are yes. there for you. They're there to help Correct. you. Shout yeah. out to my managers, Kobe and Cammy. Woo woo. Yeah, I love them. I love, yeah. I love them. Yeah, but managers are there to help you. So if you're an agent, don't shy away from approaching your manager and asking any questions that you may have. Right. And as a renter, know that as well. Right. Your real estate agent is there to help you, to guide you. Yes. Something that I cannot emphasize enough is do not shy away from asking any kind of question that you Mm -hmm. have to your broker or agent. Yeah. Any kind of question, if it's a financial question, if it's a financial situation that you're living through. Yeah. Don't shy away from telling them because we're people at the end of the day. <laughs> and, the, and the more that yeah. we understand your situation, yes. the more tailored the opportunity that we're going to be able to present you with. Can I bounce off of that? Absolutely. I think that's a great, um, to all the people out there who are working with agents, if they are not adding value to your finding an apartment, then you need to find someone who can. They should be adding value to your experience. I mean, we can all look on different platforms to find uh, an apartment, but what value are they adding? Are they going to bat for you? Have they talked to management before? Are they familiar with management? You know, are there any, you're good. And to your point, let me add something really interesting because you said if you're renting, yeah. um, one of the issues that I got to see most often with mm-hmm. my rental clients when mm-hmm. I used to be a real estate agent many years ago yeah. was the fact that when they saw something online, yeah. it looked really beautiful. Mm-hmm. You saw the picture and mm-hmm. it looked bright and huge <laughs> and beautiful. And then they got to the apartment and it was horrible. <laughs> horrible. Photoshop is real, kids. Photoshop is real. And <laughs> yeah. it happens. It most, does. Most platforms out there have things that are yeah. I, I don't want to say the word or use the word manipulated because that might not be the, the most accurate word. Enhanced? Enhanced might be a best, <laughs> a better one. And that, guys, is exactly why I created the company Replay Listings is because our focus is to bring transparency and honesty into the market by showing you only unedited videos of available rental apartments, which means that when somebody wants to advertise a property, they have to go there, pull up our app and shoot the video from within the app, similar to Instagram stories or Snapchat, in the case that we do not put filters in there. So what you're looking at is truly authentic. If you're interested, know that you can go to replaylistings.com or download the mobile app on Google or Apple. Hello. Anyway, Natalie, we <laughs> love having you here. It's been a pleasure. It's we been love such a pleasure. Of course. I always love talking with you. Yeah. Thank you. Um, Natalie, before we leave, I want to ask you one more question. Great. Um, Shoot. If I'm looking to rent mm-hmm. or buy, mm-hmm. how much time in advance should I take before doing so? For Great. Each? Awesome. Let's start with rentals. Mm-hmm. I would say at least 30 days out. Most rentals are not, so for January 1, most rentals for January 1 will be advertised December 1. So looking in November 1 is going to be a waste of your time. There's the inventory, there might be a few on different platforms, but for the most part, that's not going to happen. Again, we live on an island. Space is finite. People move out January 30th and yeah. they're moving in February 1. I mean, mm-hmm. this is a turnaround that's tight. So things aren't going to sit on the market for a long time. True. So as far as that goes, if you're looking in the summer, 
you need to be incredibly fast, incredibly tight, have all of your information, documentation, driver's license, tax returns, bank statements, letter of employment, all of those things need to be ready to go. Things move fast. Agreed. How about with sales? With sales, it's a little bit different. By the time I contacted you, right. my, my agent, my trusted agent. Six months. And, and six the time months. that I can move in, it's six months. I would, okay. On average, I would say six months. For a co-op, six months. Condos can go a little bit faster. Co-ops will require a board interview. Condos, you can move a little bit faster. Again, as, a, as we spoke before, it's real property versus buying into a business with a co-op. Got it. So, Usually my clients, I have about six months of a relationship with them um, when when we're looking. So. That's amazing. Yeah. yeah. It's, and it's also a long period of time. So you, yeah. you want to choose somebody that you yes. feel comfortable with. Absolutely. And it's friendly. Yes, absolutely. Right? And knowledgeable. You're, you're, you know, when you're buying, you don't pay your agent. There's no money that is given to the agent from the buyer. There's never any money. I love that you brought that yeah. up. Can you please expand on that? Absolutely. So, so standard in New York City, the seller pays the brokers. So when you go to list your apartment, the seller pays a percentage of the asking price or the closing price rather to both the seller's agent and to the buyer's agent. So when I'm working with a buyer client, I'm not getting any money unless they purchase. So my my job is motivated by finding a great apartment for my client and seeing it through to fruition. So if you're not with someone who can really provide that and you need to find someone who works for you, you know, and has expertise and knowledge. I, I love that you said that. I, yeah. I think that it's very true. Yeah. Um, and something else that I wanted to add to that is the fact that because you mentioned something about renting and mm -hmm. summer and, you know, you yeah. need at least 30 days, you yeah. mentioned, right? Yeah. So, so to the listeners out there, if you're going to rent something that's maybe in about six months or three months, <laughs> you can start looking just to educate yourself as to what yeah. you can afford and what you can do for your with your money, right? However, if you see an apartment online that looks amazing right now but you're looking to rent in six months chances are that that apartment will not be available when you're looking right so start looking in advance something that i always used to tell my clients when i used to be an agent and they were renting is listen if you don't like this apartment don't worry i can show you 10 15 20 apartments but if it's summer and you like it you have to take action immediately correct right Correct. Because they will go fast <laughs> during summer. If you're coming into the city oh. on August, oh. let's say, or yeah. July, yeah. you know, keep in mind that there's a thousand or more Ivy League students and their mother walking around the city <laughs> looking for an apartment. And, and if they catch it before you, they'll, they'll put yes. in an offer, right? Yes. So it's okay if you don't like it. You can take all the time you need. Yeah. But if you do like it and it's summer or it's high season, make sure that you take action quickly. Perfect. Perfect. September 1 is the biggest rental move day in New York City. So if you're looking for September 1, you got to be on it. Last year, we had 1.6 vacancy for rentals. 1.6%. That's it. It's a very tiny amount of vacancy. So Rudolph was right. You, you got to move on that. Yeah. yeah. So Natalie, it has been lovely seeing you today and uh, doing this <laughs> podcast with you. Absolutely. It's been, it's been my pleasure. Here. This is so fun. I love talking about real estate. I'm very passionate about it. So this was incredible. Thank you. Thank you, Natalie. Yeah. And again, guys, if you want to contact Natalie, her information is going to be mm -hmm. in the description of the podcast. Yeah. That's all for today. <laughs> awesome. Have a great day. Thank <laughs> you, everyone. Bye-bye.